0: you're gonna miss me when i'm gone
1: you're listening to cobras and fire featuring special guest jizzy pearl Welcome to Cobras and Fire. My name is Baco, and I am joined by Jizzy Pearl. Uh, now, Jizzy, I was kind of debating on how to introduce you to the show. I mean, you're an author. We're going to be talking about your book today. Uh, but I like the way you kind of phrase it on your website. You know, you're the original singer of Love, Hate. That's pretty much how what made you famous. But you've been in Rat, L.A. Guns, and you're currently fronting Quiet Riot. Uh, how, how would you introduce yourself, I guess, is my question there?
2: I think you did it. Splendidly
1: (laughs) That sounds uh, Well I appreciate that Uh, (laughs) You mentioned you're still out in Vegas Uh, This is a good time of year to be in Vegas Isn't it?
2: It's a little cold Not obviously as cold as where you are But uh, yeah I mean I'm enjoying it You know in in about Six months it's going to be like The surface of the sun So uh, I'll be on the road By then so I won't I'll miss that
1: well, we're we're looking at 2 years into the pandemic. Let me just knock this out of the way. Have you managed to get this far without contracting COVID or did it get you?
2: I I had it uh last year. Mm. It, yeah, and got over it. I mean, it wasn't pleasant, but uh I didn't, you know what I mean, it wasn't anything life-threatening or anything sure.
1: like that. All right. Um with that time down um Aside from writing this book uh, What what did you do to keep busy? I talked to a lot of musicians That obviously it affected that Your industry pretty heavily So how did
2: you keep well, going Well, yeah, busy? I mean I think what it did was um, Kind of give everyone a, a wake-up call That uh, musicians have always been able To go to the apple tree If we needed a few apples And uh, they dug up the tree And there were, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I think that it gave everyone a good indicator of of uh, what do you do when there's no gigs and there's no work. You know you have to uh, you have to diversify. You have to uh, you know think of other options. Which is why one of the reasons why I wrote this new book.
1: And but but was that main the the main focus of what you're doing? I know I guess I know you did some reprints of the the previous books as well. Um, but I I guess what I'm getting at, any painting, uh, anything, (laughs) uh, you're stuck in the, uh, the, uh, where you're living there, you know? Uh,
2: I did actually, I made another record. I made a, uh, uh, a record that's coming out in March on Golden Robot, Uh, um, called California. So actually I, I reprinted my other books. And so, yeah
1: all right uh oh fair enough um i I got to know love hate basically through the song dope but i actually didn't know jizzy pearl uh until i want to say metal sludge i started reading that in 98 99 do you get that a lot that a lot of people know you um they've heard of maybe love hate but they they got to know you more as a an individual through that site I, i i know you did a lot of like 20 questions and things of that nature
2: A lot of guys thought that I was the guy behind it. (laughs) To
1: ask you that,
2: (laughs) Um, that was but that was a long time ago. I mean, I Mm -hmm. you know, I I, when when Stevie was sort of anonymous, uh, there was questions: was it me or was it someone else or something like that? But um, yeah, I mean, I I suppose I I, you know, I I, uh, I when I joined LA Guns the first time in 1997 or 1998 i think i reintroduced love hate music to a lot of people cuz we had sort of been forgotten mm-hmm. and so everyone sort of went back and revisited you know my earlier band and and um that probably helped
1: you said that a lot of people accused you of running this site did how long into it did you did you always know it was stevie
2: no okay. no um yeah, so uh, maybe it
1: was me. <laughs> I, another thing you did that I, that um, you had a Kanak webcam in your apartment for a while. I, I'm sorry if I'm taking you down memory lane. This is the first time I, I've got you. Yeah, I promise we're going to be talking about the book here. Uh, but i got to tell you, well, first of all, that was very cutting edge, at least at the time. There wasn't a lot of people doing stuff like that. But I, I myself remember watching... Basically an empty, I don't know if it was a living room or something like that for about twenty to thirty minutes before I, I kinda tapped out. Well It was twenty four seven if I remember right.
2: Right. I, I I'm always trying to market, you know, stuff and I had that new book, which was of course an old book. And uh, you know, I just I had an idea and those guys lent me some computers and yeah, I mean it's kind of like I'm doing a YouTube channel now called J Pro TV. It's the same thing. I mean, I I am trying to market my new book in a way that, you know, I can I can have control so uh that's what I'm doing with the new YouTube site.
1: I guess I don't I don't want to get too much in the business side, but when you do the book yourself you kind of really get a, a much bigger percentage, basically. I mean, uh, but is it is
2: it well, yeah, with the pallet gotta, of books
1: outside your house too? You know,
2: yeah, but you got to put up the cash too, mm-hmm. right? You know? Yeah, you make the money, but you have to take the risk. So, uh, you know, it's 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 a trade-off.
1: Every one of your books sold out prior to this, so you had to feel pretty good about it, right?
2: Um, I'm glad people read, you know, <laughs> I, it's a, it's a lost art. Yeah, and, uh, I'm, glad people, I'm glad the people, well, I, I mean, in my fans or, or people in my general genre are older now anyway. So, so they're not going out partying as much as they used to. So, so they probably appreciate having a book, you know, to curl up with by the fire. Mm.
1: The, these all these our legacy kind of acts are selling publishing. It just got me curious in prep for this. Who do you do you know who owns uh, Love Hates Publishing? Well, we all do. Or do. You you guys retained ownership of it.
2: Yeah. Well, we of, signed a publishing deal, you know, thirty something years ago. So everyone's got a piece of those songs. But you can't. You can't. Um, you own the publishing of the song. You don't own the recording. To understand, I do so. Columbia Records owns those recordings of Blackout in the Red Room, but they don't own the songs per se. So, uh, I could like Cleopatra Records did a thing for years where everyone went in and re recorded their songs. So, you're allowed to do that. But, Is that uh, the
1: latest and greatest? That, that's why you guys did yeah. that, okay? Um, they yeah. did it. I mean, was it profitable?
2: Well. I mean, it's a long time ago, man. I mean, I just.
1: (laughs) I'm sorry. Uh, Well, what about the last thing on Love Hate, uh, at least as far as the original lineup? uh, Do you keep in touch with any of those guys anymore? The the original Skid, John, Joey? The drummer,
2: I do. The drummer I talk to occasionally. The other guys,
1: no. Okay. I don't. I did catch Jizzy Pearl's Love Hate on the Holodio tour uh I'd, I'd be fascinating to hear your take on the, the the whole hologram artist performance.
2: Well, at the time, everyone was sort of bagging on it, but I was the opening band, so I felt it was my duty to defend it. Um, you know, mixed feelings about it. You know, I, I Whitney Houston—they're doing one in Vegas now of yeah. a hologram. I mean, I I just you know I guess. If people want to go see it, then that's okay. If they don't want to go see it, then that's okay too. It's kind of like, it's kind of like uh, bands like us, Quiet Riot or Warrant or Night Ranger. People bag on it, but if you don't want to go, don't go. You know <laughs> it's what I mean? That' pretty easy. And if, you're, and if you're into it, you know, have a good time. So that's my feeling on it. I was a little.
1: Um let down by the actual end product. I I thought it would be a little more three-dimensional, more frontal, I guess. Um, And I I was a little confused with the two singers. I mean, there was a hologram tired or something like that, but, um, well, did you get a better look at it? Maybe up
2: close. Um, you you know, you're supposed to suspend reality. I get it, but okay. You're not supposed to sit there and, and I mean, you could sit there with a notebook and a clipboard and pick (laughs) the shit of apart. You know what I mean? It, it, But that's, you're supposed to embrace the idea of Dio and, and, and look, I toured with Dio for years and I was friends with the guy. A few
1: different times, correct?
2: Yeah. So, I mean, I knew the guy. I hung with the guy. I drank booze with the guy. You know what I mean? So it was maybe weirder for me to see it. But then again, I realized that it's, it's a theater piece. So... You know, take it for
1: what it is. All right, uh, fair enough. Uh, Quiet Riot uh, fires up the—I uh, don't know—more gigs starting the end of February. Uh, pretty much goes through like summer, based on the dates I looked at. Uh, are are you, I guess with everything, it does seem like Omicron has kind of turned around. I hate to be a downer, but are any conversations or concerns about like going out in this environment right now—that um, kind of well,
2: stuff. Well, there's. You know, everyone takes precautions. Um, the meet and greets are completely weird and, and, and you know, because you're separated. Right. And uh, so a lot of bands don't do them. We've done a couple and they're, they're just, they're not the same, obviously. And, you know, you just, when you're out on the road, you just have to take care of yourself. And if you take care of yourself, you won't get sick, hopefully and that's kind of all you can do
1: you know on that note uh your voice still sounds great uh and it's it's it your your style of singing frankly isn't one that traditionally wears late in life uh what any like what do you do basically to to keep yourself sounding sharp and you you look good too you know
2: i just don't get uh i don't party like i used to <laughs> Uh, Really? I mean, I I take care of myself and and, uh, I try and stay healthy and and that's, uh, you know, I'm just lucky in the sense that, that there's been guys that I know that just don't have strong voices and they sound really good in the studio, you know, but when you get them out on the road doing two, three, four gigs in a row, they just, you know, they just don't have that kind of voice. So luckily... I come from that Dio school of, of powerful lungs mm-hmm. and, uh, I've held up. So that's, it's killer.
1: You know, and everything with the turnover and quiet, right. You kind of touched on a little bit, like some people just want to bash on it. Um, overall, how are the, how are the audience has been, been digging the show since uh, Frankie's passed? especially.
2: Well, obviously having Rudy Sarzo back in the band does help a lot. Uh, it because people really, you know, people dig him and uh, they really want to see him, and uh, so that helps. And you know, you're anyone that wants to go to a QR show or is interested, you're gonna see Rudy, you're gonna see the guy that you saw in the videos. I mean, he looks ageless, he looks exactly the same, and so uh, that you know, he brings a lot
1: um you were actually in the band and then replaced for a bit by oh i'm sorry i'm not being a dick i just can't just remember the kid's name um the the american idol guy uh anyway what what, what was up with the split and then uh, how did you end up coming
2: back i just didn't want to do it and i wanted to do my own thing and then um frankie got sick and uh i got a call and um you know, he had cancer, and my and I have a history of my family with cancer, so I could I could you know relate, and I stepped back in, and we did a bunch of gigs with Frankie when he was sick, but it was uh, it was it was really good. You know, you wouldn't have known that he was sick because hmm. he played spot on, yeah. And so we we did get that time together. You know, to sort of to you know reunite, and so that was great.
1: That's cool, man. Uh, he was a, just a, a phenomenal drummer. Um, you do have a show booked up. uh It's I think it's in May in Nashville. Uh, a thing called Creatures Fest. Now, I don't know how heavy you dig into your itinerary. Are you aware of the show, or, or do you know what it I've
2: is? I seen. I seen the ad for it. Yeah.
1: Now, have you ever met Vinnie Vincent? <laughs>
2: No, I know, I know. He's got this this reputation, uh, so it'll be interesting to see what happens.
1: Well, I think night. I think I'm optimistic for the show because of everybody else. I'll, I'll I'm not out trying to put you in the spot, Jizzy. This is my opinion. I don't think he's gonna be there, but anyway, we'll see. You know, I hope he does. To be honest with you, it'd be kind of nice to see him come out and play, but. Uh, you know, I'm class, I'm, a, I'm a closet Kiss fan at this point. But uh, all right, let's get to your latest book, All the Devils. Now, you, you had three books prior to this. Uh, I got more Crickets and Friends, uh, Angst for the Memories, and Unhappy Endings. Did I get the titles and the order right? I have yes. read the first and third book. I had never got uh, Angst for the Memories, but uh, you just recently released them, so I'll, or re- reprinted them, so maybe I'll get a copy here. Your writing style... Um, is a lot of fun. Uh, you you basically infuse fiction and in fact, pretty much at certain points, I would say I'm a little more heavy on fiction. But I am not I don't know for to be honest with you. Sometimes that's the fun of it. And I, I promise you, I say this complimentary. It's, it's a great bathroom read I, I, th- because you can just hammer through a quick chapter. You know what I mean? You might take a little longer to, to sleep with the copy you sent me. Obviously, you prepper this. I didn't get to do it this time, but it's very much the, the same style of the other books, but I I think you took it up a notch. I uh, What was the inspiration,
2: and what do you want to say? Uh, you know, it's, it's just a continuation, uh, but the person that's writing it now is a different person than he was back then. The The guy back in the day was kind of like a Viking, you know what I mean? <laughs> Swinging his sword and, and, you know, pulling into the village and, and raping and pillaging. And, uh, you know, those were good times. And those times are in the book. And, you know, they were good times. But it would be silly to be that guy at my age now. So I guess the stories are still going to be good and, and, you know, whatever shocking, but, but maybe not as as quite as as harsh as as some of the other stuff in the other books. So uh, because I'm a different person, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm older and wiser and, you know, married and, you know, in a different headspace. Sure.
1: Uh, you, you definitely dig into the '80s LA band scene more than you do the other books, uh, which which I yeah, I personally enjoyed a lot of it. Uh, have you ever thought about writing a straight up Jizzy Pearl autobiography? Uh,
2: not really. I, <laughs> I, I I just I come from that era, mm-hmm. so you know it's almost like I'm a war correspondent. You know, being able to tell people what it was like to be on the Sunset Strip during that Guns N' Roses era and before, you know what I mean, when I was a kid. And, uh, you know, be able to tell the tale. And so, you know, people do ask me, you know, what was it like? And so I think this book does give people a a good idea of, uh, you know, all the, fun and games and the shenanigans and the highs and the lows, you know, because it was, it was competition. It was struggle. It was poverty. It was, it was drinking all night. It was danger, but you know what I mean? It was also getting the record deal and being able to, you know, open up for ACDC and DO and Ozzy and, you know, on and on and on.
1: I like that part where you were talking about, um, oh, it was a Nirvana documentary, and they were talking about them playing somewhere in London, and you're like, I've played there. Uh, it, I don't know, it was relatable. I mean, you've you had to run into a lot of that.
2: Well, in England, especially because I was more famous over there, I had a period of time when I was, you know, on the covers of magazines, and, and it was, you know, it was pretty crazy. So, yeah, when, when I talk about, nirvana going over there and oh my god you know there's they're breaking big they're selling out these big places you know it, it did bring back a little bit of of remembrance for me because i was in the same obviously they you know right. shot past me but uh yeah i was in that little bubble of of fame at that time
1: yeah and I'll tell you from my my own perspective as a as, as as a failed musician I I found a lot of your stories about the the pre-signing stuff uh extremely relatable. It's it's easy to laugh about it now but I too was very uncomfortable selling tickets to my own shows.
2: Well the the thing is is, is at that time and and obviously you couldn't you can't you can read it but you you, you don't you weren't there right. so you don't quite I mean it was like being in Vietnam because it was competition and it was combat and it was stress and it was struggle. You know, when when you're on when your ass is on the line and you're not really doing music for a hobby, you're doing it, you know, to cross over, to get a record deal. I mean, that's that's it's a mission. It isn't just mm-hmm. it isn't just, well, if it doesn't happen, then I'll just go back to my UPS job. I mean, basically it was this. Or jump out the effing window, so you know everything's on the line, and all your friends are getting record deals, and so yeah, it was it was a it was. A, but at the end, there's a happy ending. You know what I mean? I got to make all that great music, and and got to experience all that stuff.
1: Um, you you talk about the four stages of super fans. Um, that one was that that was one of my favorite chapters. Was there, is there any story that you could share with me that you didn't put in the book? Like one of the, I want one of the crazy ones, I guess, but or something funny. Uh, the fandom is 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 weird because sometimes I consider myself a super fan, but I'm probably more stage one.
2: You know, there, I, it's just it, it's an experience. <laughs> you know, when I could not understand what guys like Tommy Lee have to go through. You know what I mean? If Tommy yeah. Lee goes to the mall, it's just a whole different situation than if I go to the mall. or if to, You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and he's used to it. And, and you know, it's just it's, it's a different time because the internet is so invasive. It's just different. I think back in the day, it was just different. Now with the internet, everybody wants to know everything about you right now you know the whole they want the whole wikipedia of you and that's the difference is is that is that it's hard to to have some mystery you know it's hard to uh to have something for yourself that you don't want to share with people because everybody they just they want to just push a couple of buttons and get you mm-hmm. you know you know so it's 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 weird times
1: I, I actually wonder sometimes like if, if this that access was available when I was, you know, like in my, my formative years becoming a fan of all these bands that I was getting into. If um because I would have loved to have been able to get access to all these catalogs of all these artists in a quicker way. Um but I don't know that I'd be as big a fan if I did, you know what I mean? I just uh
2: Well, I think nowadays, because of the internet, again, I just think you know, bands are like Kleenex. You know what I mean? <laughs> you, you, you take a Kleenex and you listen to the band. And then when you're done with that Kleenex, you get another Kleenex. And so there is, there isn't, that's why bands like us or bands from my time, like the Skid Row, the Warrant, the LA Guns, that's why they're able to tour year after year after year and consistently do it is because there's, a loyal fan base of, of people that they grew up with that stuff and they'll go to the shows and they'll buy the records. And so, you know, if, if they didn't go to the shows, then we wouldn't be doing what we're doing. I mean, I, we've got quite right. It's got almost 40 or 50 shows right now. And oh. we may do even 60 or more shows this year. I mean, that's a lot of work mm-hmm. for guys in their late nineties. You
1: know what I mean? <laughs> I got to turn that nine around. Uh, um, when was the last time you went flyering for a gig? I, I'm, I'm not suggesting it was recent, but yeah. Uh.
2: No, I, I don't. Uh, once I got my record deal, the flyering ended. So
1: 1990? I, I, hey, does that
2: still happen in LA? Like. Uh, I don't know. I, actually, I would say no, because the city of West Hollywood. When it incorporated and became a city, they cracked down on the Strip. The Strip used to be, I mean, you used to be able to park easily. You used to be able to flyer, and it was a mess every night. Mm -hmm. You used to be able to put flyers on telephone poles. Now, from what I heard, once the city incorporated, they would just fine you. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So. So, no, you can't actually do that kind of stuff anymore there.
1: I asked because I was recently in Seattle, and they still do it there. And I don't think I could have appreciated the the way you described it. It's basically like a very – almost like a phone book layer of – of flyers around the, these poles, man, I, uh, you know, a, a, a little boy from St. Paul, Minnesota. Don't you know, I, you don't see a lot of that here. It's not quite, we use the windshield.
2: Well, it's silly. <laughs> it, it, I mean, if you think about it, yeah. it's, it's, but it was just sort of us marking our territory for whatever, 10 or 15 minutes, you know, come see my band, come see my band. We look exactly like the other band on the other flyer, but, but trust, trust me, we're a lot better. You know, it, it was it was a funny, silly time.
1: In hindsight, it seems it was really more for you to show other bands what you were doing. Um, I don't, I don't think anybody ever came to a show I played because a flyer I put somewhere. But I yeah.
2: know. Well, you did it because it was part of the job. You went out every True. night to network because there was no internet. I mean, it was the only word of mouth was the only way to get people to notice your band, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So, so it wasn't flying and all that stuff. It was a necessity back then, mm-hmm. you know, nowadays it, it, of course, it seems antiquated, but, uh, you know, that was the only way to get people to look at your band.
1: Yeah. Uh, I, you, know, you, you brought up something in the book. This isn't even a question. I just wanted to share this with you. Uh, uh, you, you apparently are a Marianne guy. I just wanted to go on the record. I am ginger team ginger. So.
2: All right. Well, hey, to each his own.
1: <laughs> hey, at least we wouldn't be fighting for the same girl on the island. You know what I mean? No, uh, but uh, you brought you talk about your Jizzy Pearl message board. Um, I, I posted at least a handful of things on there. I actually thought message boards were fun, but uh, there was a dark side to those things at a, at a certain point. A little surprised to find out you got catfish, Jizzy. Jizzy. Yeah, once a
2: long time ago, yeah. I was. Uh, Back in my, my back in my MySpace days, <laughs>
1: yeah, the early days of catfishing too. I would assume, but uh, was it even a term then?
2: I don't think it was a term, but it to just it it happens. It happened to a lot of people, not just me. It happens to I I know guys that it happened to too, and um, it's just girls pretending to be models. You know, trying to get some attention from rock guys. I mean
1: it's it's uh it's uh it still goes on. it's a weird weird thing to to even i I just uh, can't wrap my head around it. um how many pairs of crusty socks have uh, any of your women found in your couch this is another another book reference
2: no crusty socks for me <laughs> no crusty socks for me you you're you're referencing the mm-hmm. book obviously. yeah, oh, yes yes, this is a chapter of the book a guy. There's a story in this new book about, and, and again, it's because it's observational. My, my wife watches some YouTube stuff about Swedish girls living in the wilderness, and uh, they've got millions of hits, and um, they make jewelry, and watch me make a fire, and oh, I'm going to the well, this is how I get my water, and and it just seems, it's, it's very idyllic. And and of course, my story takes it to the creepy level, <laughs> yeah. as it should. And um, yeah, uh, yeah. So uh, that's that's kind of where that goes.
1: Well, I, I, for listeners of our program, the the crusty socks is definitely going to be a highlight of the book. Uh, it's uh, it's kind of been an on running joke. Oh, and the jerk socks since our, our, our show started that's that's where we're at uh, as far as a level is just... as,
2: as far as the the, the the elevation of the humor yeah,
1: right? exactly we keep it we keep the brow pretty low um, but uh, and then and, and, you know we we cater to our audience apparently uh, I guess that'd be, maybe a better way to look at it
2: well then if, if that's what your audience is then your audience should go out and buy my book because absolutely it's definitely <laughs> It's got Mo, Larry, and Curly.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and only available record. at jizzypearl.net, correct?
2: Yeah, yeah. Jizzypearl.net is the website, and uh, J Pearl TV is my YouTube channel. So it's a it's a good way to connect for me and for people to uh, to to get into that sort of you know Monty Python ish type humor, which I dig.
1: Absolutely, uh, I I do find the. You know, uh, the first writing I read of yours was actually on the original Love Hate website. I don't think it's around anymore. But you had kind of a a biography that you wrote of the band, kind of a you know a, a, like a, a small version. But it was uh, the way you told it was very. I don't know. It's it's easy to see how you got into writing a book. I guess is all I'm getting at there. But it was you didn't hide any of the dirt, but you, it didn't also didn't come off malicious. You know what I mean? It was very believable.
2: Well, at the time, I was very malicious. Well you you, you put um, dirt out there but but you felt that you were being mean on purpose? No, I felt like I needed to tell the truth a little bit. Yeah. That's all. That's what came uh, across us. Yeah, I mean, I look, as far as you know, being being a screw up and and stuff like that, I totally own everything I did in the past. You know, you know when I when I screw up, I own it. And uh you know it's it's part of the it's part of the process. Again, it's 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 like the people that make fun of people that win the lottery and they screw up and they blow all the money and they say, Oh, if that was me, I would never <laughs> do that. I would save all my money. You know what? You wouldn't. You know, if you were opening on a stadium stage with A C D C you would go a little crazy yourself, you know, with, with all the Sex, drugs, and rock and roll. You just would, because it's there for the taking. You know what I mean? I mean, you're Fonzie, for want of a better word, <laughs> and uh, and so Fonzie can get in trouble. You know, very, uh, can you see very that? easily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So that's kind of where that <laughs> that and and you know, in the love hate history was was that was a that was me just wanting to to get it out there Mm -hmm. the the good the bad and the ugly and uh yeah you know that was again
1: a while ago yeah i I lost where i was going with that um with uh love hate i thought that they could have been one of those bands especially the timing it's weird how you got lumped more in with uh, like the LA scene than where music was going? Because f- I, from my perspective, you you guys musically, image wise, everything uh, you had more in common with, say, Allison Chains and Soundgarden than you did Warrant or Poison. Uh, I thought you came from a more honest place. I, th- I'm, I just in, with the benefit of hindsight, I thought you would have. I I think you would have fit in better than than it ended up working out. I guess. Yeah,
2: or we might not have happened at all. Sure. Well, there's that, but that's, that's the, that's, you can't Monday morning quarterback stuff like that. You know, Oh, if we'd have came out a year or two before it, what would it, you know what I mean? Well, maybe a year or two before one of us would have gotten, you know, jumped out a window or, or, you know, OD would or something like that. I mean, it's just the rock gods give, Give people certain amounts of fame and fortune, and most guys don't get anything. So you have to be you have to be satisfied with what they do give you. You know what I mean? And 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 as for me, you know, thirty two years, and I'm still working. I make I make more money now than I did when I was had a million dollar contract on on CBS. So, so it's all point. good.
1: And it, it's it, does it ever feel? I don't know how to guys in your position. The, the, what I mean by that is that like uh, you had enough success to maintain a career. Does, but now a lot of you're very hands on this late in your career. Does it does it ever feel I don't know tiresome? Do you ever do you ever have days where you just go, this is just not worth it, or is it just a, a passion that never goes away? <laughs> just in general, like everything you're doing, you know, I mean, it, it's a lot to to keep up with. You know, just your day to day stuff, writing a book, doing the self publishing tour of no. Quiet Riot. I-
2: answer your question is 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 hell no okay um i'm totally blessed to be doing what i'm doing you know everybody everybody has stress in their lives everybody i mean the lockdown you know a lot of people lost their businesses lost their livelihoods you know i just couldn't gig for a year i mean that boohoo you know what i mean <laughs> Fair you enough. know maybe it for people that Don't have any money or don't have any saved money or don't have any, you know, nest egg or whatever. Yeah, probably pretty scary time. But uh, I'm totally blessed to be able to just do what I want to do artistically. You know what I mean? It's 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 killer.
1: And you touched on this a little bit in the book, I think right at the beginning. But uh, I I can attest. I can agree. Uh, It really you find out how well you married pretty quickly when you're stuck home alone for a few weeks Um, and uh, well it worked out for me it sounds like it did for you too
2: well yeah you know having a Good marriage is definitely better than having a
1: shitty one. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bumper sticker for you. All right. Well, I do highly recommend the book uh, to anybody that, that uh, checked, the, checked out this interview. Uh, fans of Jizzy, if you've read any of his other books, I think you're going to be blown away by this one. It's much better. And I loved them all, so that wasn't a shot. Uh, but, yeah, go to jizzypearl.net. Uh, get every, all, you can get links to everything. You mentioned the YouTube channel that you just uh, somewhat recently launched, correct? Uh, is you Any big surprises coming in there for you? I see you're kind of adding all the records.
2: Well, Jizzo's Hollywood stories. I mean, mm. I, I, ta- I, I talk about how I hung on the Hollywood sign. I mean, it's a good story. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> and so I, I'm starting to do some of these Hollywood stories. And it's, and it's just a visual of stuff that could be in the books. You know what I mean? It's just me sort of being video guy. You know what I mean? And, and like I said, it's a good way to pimp my own books, but it's also a good way to express, you know what I mean? And once I start going on the road, I'll do more tour related stuff. And you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. People, people like that. I mean, they like to see, you know, the travel and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, it's, it's fun and, uh, it's enjoyable
1: absolutely uh anything in the works for jizzy pearls love hate
2: well my record comes out in march and uh it's a good record you know it's it's better than my frontiers record which was good and uh yeah i mean i'm happy with it i'm proud of it and uh there's been a couple of songs leaked out uh over the months and um yeah i think it's a great record and so yeah that'll be out in uh about a month.
1: I, want, I wanted to ask you on that uh, hologram Dio tour. Uh, who was the in the band with you?
2: I had one of my Vegas guys on bass. I had Mike Dupke on drums. Uh, he's I've played with him before. He was in Wasp for a while, and he he uh, he's great. And I had my English guitar player Stevie Pierce, who flew out from London, and he did the tour with me. And um, yeah, that was it.
1: All right on. Um, Well, yeah. Anything else you want to plug? This has been a lot of fun, uh, but.
2: Jizzypearl.net for the books and JpearlTV for the YouTube channel. And um, subscribe. I, you know, I got to be one of those, get the (laughs) notification guys, hit the bell guys.
1: I always forget that.
2: I I always hate when people do that, but now that I'm in it, I know why they do it. And uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, that's it.
1: Yeah, and if you happen to be watching this video, people at home, make sure you hit the uh, the subscribe button at the bottom there. So. Anyway, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you get notifications of all this great stuff. Uh, a lot of jerk sock stories coming without Jizzy Pearl involved. So anyway, uh, well, Jizzy, this has been fun. Um, uh, I've I've looked forward to this. Uh, like I said, I'm a bit of a fan. Uh, I, I followed your career. Uh, I've I've seen you with Rat a handful of times. Got to see Love Hate in '98 with Dio at a. Maybe you remember this only because of what the the fucking place was. Is it was, it was Medina, Minnesota. But you would only giant, rem- yeah,
2: remember
1: above a bowling alley. The, the stage was upstairs. Underneath, people were bowling while you are playing. Now, did you even get a chance to see that? It's just a weird thing.
2: So many gigs.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, like I said, it, 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 it's only notable for that because it's basically in the sticks. It's barely in the metro area. But anyway. Uh, with, so-
2: with the live geo.
1: With a lot. Yes, that was with the live deal. Although it had kind of a small stage and a, and, and a short ceiling there, too. I didn't get a good, good look at him that day. Uh, you know, he's uh, his voice uh, is taller than he is, I guess.
2: Yeah, that's an interesting way of putting it. But, uh, yeah, it's true.
1: All right, Jizzy, uh, you have a good night and uh, all the best, man. Peace.
0: She told all her friends I could do her well Took her in the alley, laid her on the trash Then she told me everything What you call
2: Right, man. Sounds
1: good. I'll email you a link. You can share, it, do all good stuff that you want to do it with it. But uh, hey, good luck all with right. the book. Good luck with everything. I might, I might see you with quiet right this summer. If I do, I'll say hello. Bye bye.
2: Okay. Take
3: it easy, man. It's NFL draft season and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football.